pour up if it's wind down time or grab an iced coffee if you're on the way to work. Whatever you need to tune in, make sure there's a drink in your hand before we start this episode. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Thirsty for Therapy, a podcast dedicated to speaking on our everyday trials and tribulations of navigating throughout life. I am Courtney. I'm your forever host, and I'm so happy you guys are joining me today for this new episode. Um... I hope on this Tuesday when you guys hear this that you're having a good day, Um, listening to something motivational, inspirational, putting good things into your ears, including this episode. It's slightly different, but um, I really wanted to give you guys this piece, share this piece of my experience because it's been highly requested um, and also it's just been something that's been on my mind as I'm moving into a different area of my life. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like writing a letter and then burning it because you're never going to send it to a person but not really because we won't be getting that in depth with our topic but it's more so like when I say writing a letter and burning it I'm saying it as a symbolism of of release this episode feels like it felt like release when I was mapping it out and I was actually in a good mood when I was mapping out this episode and normally um, all of my episodes are off the dome I don't normally map anything or bullet point or go by anything everything that I've ever recorded in the past for episodes are literally just this is how I'm feeling let me record myself speaking so this one's a bit different it's a bit structured and I really hope you guys like it and I'll start by explaining the title so the name of the episode is letter to my lovers simply because these are people that I've loved in the past not that have loved me because you know when do you ever really know how a person truly feels nowadays but just so it's me putting out my experiences and sharing my experiences of what I've been through and showing you guys how I've grown from those things and also seeing if anyone could relate to any of these things that I'm sharing. I know that everyone's experiences are different and everyone's not going to agree 100%, but some of these points that I make, at least one of them, I know some of them, out of all of them, I know one of them will hit home, so... Here lies all my old flings and almost endless situationships. I really didn't want to ever, ever, ever in my life record anything like this. But it's a topic. Love is a topic. And it's very relevant. And it's something that each and every person, I hope, someday in this lifetime will experience. So, and not just love. It could be like, lust, mere interest, sexual intimacy, pure infatuation, We've all been there many times, and it's definitely tricky to navigate at a young age, and I've grown so much through experiencing my emotions, and it's funny me saying that because my best friend always tells me, like, you haven't really been through anything for real, for real. Like, no one's ever put you through anything traumatic for you to act like that and just shut yourself off from the world and from dating and from experiencing people, and she is absolutely 105% correct. I have never honestly had anything drastic happen like someone having a baby on me or me being in a relationship and getting cheated on 10 times like I've never had anything and not saying you know um not bragging about it because it's like it sucks if that's ever happened to anyone I hate for anyone to ever experience that but I've never really gone through anything that traumatic to the point where it's like I'm never talking to any of you niggas again and I'm going to try to refrain from using the word niggas even though I just did but 
bear with me y'all I'm getting better but even though I haven't felt anything that's like damn I, I'm never doing this again like I just ah, I I felt some painful shit because I just feel you know I'm water sign so and I'm a lover girl so it doesn't help either so I wear I don't know like I just expect people to care and love like I do and when they don't it just I just I ask I'm so baffled like how the fuck can you what are you like are you even human if you can't reciprocate nothing but pure intentions it, it's it blows my mind every single time and I guess every single time I recharge myself after you know giving people a chance and it doesn't work out and I recharge myself and I put myself back out there I'm just like I'm fucking another one like what the fuck like I don't know like it just it blows my mind which gets me back into my point I just love so hard and sometimes much faster than others once I open up a little bit so once I get the green light to show vulnerability it's it's pretty much a wrap <laughs> it's no it's never ending like it's just I don't know it just it's like a roller coaster it just goes straight down and never comes back up but I've only had one boyfriend in my lifetime but I've definitely had a lot of people that I can say that I've loved in the past. And just because I love doesn't mean that it's going to be reciprocated. Just because you do anything, it doesn't mean it's going to be reciprocated. And I guess that's the hardest part that I had to learn growing up. Um, I've always been sweet and caring. And honestly, I hate to say it, folks, to people who can relate to being how I am. That shit don't get you nowhere in this lifetime. Cause the world is cold as fuck and that's just me being brutally honest and my mom raised me with a pure heart you know she showed me nothing but pure love and I come from a very I come from a very like intimate family of like sharing love and, and being close so that's all I've been able to put out for when searching for lovers or being with people that I called a lover and being with people outside of my family dynamic because you know when you're around your family that's your first love being around people who are outside of that really teaches you that people have people are different when it comes to love. They love different, they care different, they they act different, you know, their love languages are different. Like everything nothing is like nothing is like anything you will get at your home. And I guess like what I was expecting as my care bearer, as Yana would call me, my care bearer loving ass, what I was expecting <laughs> was to go out here and to give someone the love that I had at home and receive the same thing in return. No, absolutely not. Because everyone doesn't love like you, like your family, like your mom showed you, like everyone doesn't have that family dynamic that you had. Everyone doesn't come from that home you came from. And my parents were divorced and my mom got remarried when I was really young, but still it was nothing but love all the time. Like I never, I'm grateful to God to say that I've never experienced anything traumatizing or anything that didn't feel like love in my home. So anything you get out here on these streets, that's a different story. That's not what you get at home. But that was the hardest thing that I had to learn. And I think that's why so many times, like, I'm going to use this as a symbolic saying is like, I would fall and skin my knee up and I would just be devastated every time I bled. Like, what the fuck? Like, I couldn't believe that this was what the world felt like. This is what talking to guys felt like. And it was like, okay, that happened. Ouch. Get over it. Ouch. Like, this is what it is. Get with the program or get lost or just don't do it at all. So I wouldn't say I shield myself, but I pace myself because I know how I am. 
and I know that no one most of the time is going to love like I do so I'd rather save it and it's sacred to me I'd rather keep it for someone who's going to appreciate it and I wish I would have learned that a lot earlier but I'm still fairly young so it really doesn't matter when or you know if I'm getting it in my 20s my mid-20s whatever I'll take it beggars can't be choosers we're learning this shit but I wish when I was younger and I put so much into people that I realized that you're putting in but you're not going to receive the same thing from that person like it's just that's just how it is in the world everyone's not who you everyone's not how you are they didn't come from where you are they just don't conform like you do so it's definitely pros and cons to that shit I've learned a lot about myself while trying to extend my love to others and there's so many silent rules to the shit I remember when I was younger and I was growing up, my mom used to try to like, in order, in, instead of explaining things to me sometimes, she would show me things like that, I guess, put her on game and she wanted to put me on game. Me and my mom have a very close relationship. Like we're very, I have a very open door policy. My mother, I, t- I used to tell her everything. There's nothing she didn't know for the most part about me when something somebody was important to me. And most people like, you would think like, oh, I'm not telling my mom that I'm going to, sh- I'm not going to tell her that shit. I'm going to, I'm going to hide it from her. Or I don't want her in my business. Like, I don't know. I just felt like my mom is so wise. She could always help me out because I'm wise too. But you know, of course, where's it coming from? But sometimes when it comes to navigating through shit, like being intimate with somebody else or like dating, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And my mom didn't know what the fuck I was doing either. Cause this is a whole nother time. Like this is a brand new fucking generation of people but she would always try to put me on game by showing me movies and that's kind of like it sounds like a joke to say but no like she would show me movies like the wood and and what's the other movie she showed me um I don't know if it's two can play that game I don't know just movies where like it would show you how and this is just acting but it would show you how males are and what they do and like just you know giving me an idea of what it was like what game was like because you don't know that shit but like when you first start dating you think everything you hearing is is what it is the bee's knees it's what they saying like oh he said this is how he feel this is what he want like he's being honest like there's not a doubt in your mind there's not a question in your mind that somebody is lying to you <laughs> like you're just like why would you do that but, so I guess looking at these things and not saying that you know movie is a fucking movie it's it's it has a script it's it seems like it's not real life but it is people have to get the shit from somewhere it's like reading a book about a story it's like where the fuck you think this shit's coming from not us making it up it fucking happens sometime so I would look at it and I'd be like okay like I I see that I I see what you're saying but at the same time I was like it's kind of like the stove being on and you're like I mean it's not red so it's it's obviously not well, not the stove being on, the stone being off, but it says caution, it's hot, but it's not red, so you go touch it. It's just like, okay, I see it, but I, I want I want to feel it, I want to see it, I want to experience it. So here we go. So I wouldn't say the movies taught me much, because I would watch the movies, and I would watch them for entertainment, and I would see what's happening, but then I would be like, eh, it's just a movie. And like, so you know, but it was just her way of trying to like, explain without explaining, which I appreciate. But I have seven silent rules in the game, to the game that I've picked up along the way that I have to keep in my mind for me. And this is what helps me. Again, I'm going to keep saying that. This is for me. This is what helps me. If you want to take a piece of it with you and 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 think about it and live and live by it or have it in your mind when you're out here experiencing things, that's on you. 
well, this is what helped me. And this is seven of the things that I wrote down to keep with me when I'm engaging in entertaining the opposite sex. <laughs> but, and I'll kind of go through and explain the seven of them. And I'll start with number one. I wrote down, you can't make anyone love or care about you no matter how much you do. And that's pretty much self-explanatory. It's not really much to explain behind that. But oftentimes I would try to make guys love how I love and conform to my understandings and just appeal to my nature and give me what I need and kind of force the hand with the shit a little bit. Like, you know, well, why can't you see that I care about you this much or I love you this much and I'm doing all this? Why can't you do the same? Because they don't fucking want to. And why are you asking? And asking twice is too close to begging so when you get to the point where you're doing all that shit he's kind of forced so that's one thing I had to learn it's like I was watching this um podcast clip yesterday and um Megan from know for sure was talking and she was basically saying like she was that person back in the day that used to try to like be possessive over a person and force them to love a certain way or be a certain way with her or just be there period and one thing I'm strong about now is like forcing the hand on some shit. It's never going to work out how you want it to. It's never going to play out how you want it to play out. So number one, we just don't do that. We're not going to make anyone care love about us. Like if you don't, you don't. If you do, you do. Whatever. Number two, actions over words always. This whooped my ass when I was younger. I would always be like, oh, well, this is what was said. So this has had to be what it is. No, no. That's self-explanatory too. Actions over words we tired of hearing you talk. We want to see what you're doing. Like, and that's, that pretty much goes for anywhere. That, cause that could be a job. Like you're telling your boss, like, oh, I can do this, 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 this. And, um, you haven't executed anything that you've listed off as far as qualifications goes. No one believes you now. Your words mean nothing. Three, the longer you stay when you're not valued, the more of a joke you become. That one pretty much speaks for itself as well. But, and I'm not, when I say this, I don't think that I'm telling anybody to leave any situation they're currently in I never tell people to do that because you'll do that when you're ready but just know if you're not valued from the start and you're questioning staying because you feel disrespected or you feel like you're not valued as a person in your situation two-way street whatever the fuck you want to call it you're basically a joke and um you're going to keep becoming a joke until you put yourself first the more you let a person moonwalk all over you the more they feel like they can do it and that also goes for any type of relationship, like growing up and being around your peers. Like if they do something to hurt your feelings and you don't address it and you let that shit slide, it's going to always fucking slide because you never made it a point, a point of like a being a, you never made a point to stop it. Like you never made a point to say this. I don't want this. I don't, I don't want you saying that to me or just speaking up for yourself, standing up for yourself and wanting having self-respect to get respect from another person like you just you're a laughing stock no one's gonna think anything of you because you're not putting yourself first number four kind of ties in with number two talking and shit but talking but when i say talking um our generation uses the term talking as like pre-dating so that's what i have to have explain it but talking is literally talking like the definition the actual art of engaging in speech it does not mean anything it's not we're going to be together someday or we're talking to lead somewhere. Talking can lead to absolutely fucking nowhere. So I don't know when we, <laughs> I don't know when we decided to make talking its own thing before dating, like it's pre-dating definition, but yeah, 
that shit don't mean nothing. Number five, one of my favorites. <laughs> Niggas will take your last leg even if you only have one to stand on from the start. That's kind of like for, very personal for me <laughs> because I'm very caring and giving and understanding when I love you. So the reason why I say like, they'll take your last leg is because it doesn't matter how much you give a person or do for a person you can drive them to fucking california and back and they give you no fucking gas money and they won't even say thank you like it doesn't fucking matter what you do you decided to do that on your own nobody asked you to do it the minute you go out your way and you start bending and conforming for these niggas that's on you like it's just you know if you do things for people just expect unexpected like don't think that someone's gonna remember you and put your name on a fucking silver plaque above their bed because you bend it you bend over and did so much for them and through a hard part of their life or you were a person they could call on like people will use you like a sponge and keep bringing your ass out to rid you of all the water and then fill you back up and do that shit again 10 more times that's what i mean by that so I hope that makes sense. We'll go back to five, though, because like I said, it's one of my favorites. Six. When a nigga tells you what it is the first time, make sure you're listening. If you're talking to somebody, again, we're going to insert our predating, our predating word, talking. If you're talking to someone or you're getting to know someone and you guys have been engaging in this quarrel for two months and you don't know where it's headed and they say after two months... And the reason why I'm using this as an example, because it's so fucking common. I don't care what age you are. This shit has happened to you at least once in your lifetime. And they hit you with a, I'm not looking for anything right now. That's not going to change. I feel like, and this is, this is so opinionated. Like people can say like, oh no, like over time, like this is how you get to know someone or like, um, you know, they may not be ready right now, but they just want to get to know you or, or learn you or learn your love language or spend quality time so you guys can get closer. No, no. And like I said, this list is for me. It was developed for me. If you hear that, for me, that's a fucking red flag and I'm, I'm, I'm running because I just feel like, you know, you know who you want around. You know, everybody knows. I know, you know, we know, she know, he know, everybody fucking knows. So whenever someone tells you something the first time, that's just a tone for the answer that you're looking for. Listen. And I'm not saying listen as in leave being your next option. Because again, I don't tell anybody to ever fucking leave. You do that when you want to. I'm saying listen as in if you continue to talk to this person and that comes up again or it keeps coming up as a roadblock, just know the first time they already fucking said it. And you keep waiting for it to change. That's what I mean by when they tell you what it is the first time. And you know, I've been with some master manipulators who have told me what it was the first time and then twist it up and make it feel like they didn't say that or come back and try to get their feet wet by switching up what was said initially the first time. But I never forget what you said the first time. I always hold on to that because that is all I need to know. Moving on. Seven, only let them play with you once. And again, not inciting anyone to leave. But the reason why I say once is because all it takes is for one big fuck up for me, for me to know 
what type of time you're on. And when I say one big fuck up, it has to be something that's like, that's a little, that's kind of big because I feel like once I let you slide one time and it was something big that you shouldn't have glided over with a fucking, with a fucking pair of ice skates, um, I feel like you'll do it again and you'll think it's okay. It's like, I'm not going to use that. I'm not going to use that, um, that act of symbolism because no one's going to like that. I'm going to erase that out of my head. But basically, number seven, if something happens is drastic and you just let them coast by and don't, you know, don't say anything about it or it blows over or you're just going to let it go or you're not going to trip about it, it most likely, eight out of ten, will come up again in the future. So just keep that in mind. But these are my seven silent rules. I know out of seven of them, somebody has, one of them has hit somewhere close to home. And my seven silent rules were developed by me and my experiences. So they may not be everyone else's again. But um, these are things that I just keep in mind when I'm out here. If I'm, when I, when I do put myself out there, these are things that I've learned. And some of the experiences along the way have helped shape me to who I am today and why I carry myself the way I do as far as. I don't know, just most of the time staying under the radar. Like, it's kind of like one guy a year for me. I don't really do a lot of those festivities when it comes to engaging with the opposite sex. But, of course, with my seven silent rules, I'm going to give you guys brief synopsis of how and where and what and when they were developed. Um, Discreetly, though, you know, I definitely just want to give you guys an idea of some of the experiences that I have and why my rules came to be and we are naming my lovers with the alphabet that has no affiliation to their names it's just the order of the alphabet from the beginning to the end and we'll start with lover a who made their very first stint of course with lover a since this is the beginning of the alphabet i was very young so it doesn't mean much to me now but i learned that from a blatant disrespect was never going to fly you know I always like I said back to my loving home I was never ever ever physically verbally mentally abused in my home like I came from a very steady background and it was under the love like kind words caring you know people being there for you I've never ever experienced disrespect I've never experienced hurtful words dismissive someone being emotionally unavailable like I I didn't know what the fuck that was until I got out here but I knew like with a I was like uh this shit is fucking different and that's when I knew like okay so this is well of course I didn't know at first but now I do this is a reflection of a home this is a reflection of what this person has gone through this is some deep-rooted trauma shit that has nothing to fucking do with me but I just had this weird infatuation with guys who were mean and dismissive. And I think it was because I didn't know what that was. And for me, a lot of times, my love experiences were like being fucking Sherlock Holmes and figuring out what the fuck was wrong with the person or feeling like or being the look me in my eyes, bitch, like trying to calm a nigga down or like be a nigga's savior. Like a lot of my love experiences were I can fix this. I can help this like this person is broken in some kind of way and I had that tendency of attaching myself to science projects or children that should have been put in therapy from the start like I just really had 
issues breaking myself from that habit and of course as I'm older now I've learned like that's not your problem that's not your trauma and again this goes back to giving a nigga your last leg if you only have one to stand on now everybody knows I had two legs this time I was young this is my first go around nothing really happened to me yet so I feel like I had so much positivity and love and beaming and I was just like I can teach this person how to love I can teach this person how to be me like they don't have to be angry anymore wasn't my job but of course with being with someone who was so fucking mean and negative that it just like put a damper on my positive energy like I don't even know if Brody even fucking liked me for real for real y'all I'm not even gonna hold you like I've never met somebody so fucking mean in my life but I just kept on attaching myself attaching myself attaching myself and I was just like okay this is this is different but I can like I said I can fix this I couldn't and if anything it made me feel worse because then the person started being mean to me for no reason I was a beaming ray of sunshine and just happy and he was just like what the fuck why are you so fucking happy like or just critiquing or criticizing everything I fucking did. I was never good enough. I was annoying. I was a burden. Like, I was just everything that wasn't fucking positive, bruh. I was never, ever anything that was looked at into a, in a positive light, even though I brought so much positivity. It's like he was trying to break me down to where he was. Yeah. That's That wasn't gonna fly. So, surrounding yourself with people who are going to uplift you and bring in positive energy is important because... The company you keep is definitely a reflection of you. And I feel like I was young, but those were definitely dark times for me because I didn't know who I was as a person. I was 20, I think I was around 20 or 19. Um, I was working. I didn't go straight to college, you know. And I just wanted to work, 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 get a car. Like, I wanted to move out. I just had so many things I wanted to do, but I also had this person speaking negativity over my life and in my ear as a distraction like holding me back from my true like my my true vision of what I wanted for myself and always having something to say about what I wanted for myself never agreeing always disagreeing with me you know saying I could do this or I need to do this or be like this like just oh it was gross like it was like and you know me like I'm an upbeat easygoing like nice positive little ray of sunshine so imagine this fucking dark ass thunder ass rain cloud coming in raining on my ass every fucking day with negativity it was annoying and it felt like it just felt like it was it was gross y'all I don't even I don't don't have no more (laughs) I have no more like vision to give y'all about what this shit felt like but it was gross like it was just like ew get the fuck away from me with all this negativity And it felt like over time, the person was literally fucking draining me all the time. And being so young and not knowing myself, this did not contribute to me finding out who I wanted to be. It was like a fucking pothole or like, fuck a pothole. That shit was a flat tire. I wasn't going anywhere. And it's just like, I just got tired. It was confusing times for me. But after a while of experience in that dark cloud, it just made me realize that I was worthy of better treatment and dropped him. You know, it took time and it took new experiences with new people to learn that that's not what I wanted for myself. But a lot of times in that situation, which goes back to number one of me telling you that you can't make anyone love you how you love or, you know, make anyone reciprocate. I wanted to force him to love me how I wanted to be loved. But that was not him as a person. He didn't come from my loving home. Like I wasn't going to get I wasn't going to get from him what I was getting from my background. And that's what I wanted. And the nigga did not care 
about none of that shit. You know, he didn't care about me until I was gone. And that's not for me to, that's not for you guys to say, well, oh, I just, I just got to leave and he'll care. Like you don't want a person like that for you. Once you leave, it's, it's, it's over. And that's why I never tell anyone to leave because when you do finally leave, it's because the person is not a fit and they shouldn't fit anymore. So it's like, you shouldn't leave with intentions of them returning because they no longer fit into the picture of what you want for yourself. And that didn't fit. So going through that, even though it was my first go around, I guess I can say verbally, I've experienced a lot of things that were hurtful from that, but it was something that I couldn't pick myself up from and learn to grow from. So that experience was definitely something that I wanted to give, even though, you know, when you're so young, the word love is used so usually, usually, did I say the right? I'm saying <laughs> usually, y'all, I can't fucking talk loosely, but, um, it doesn't mean you didn't feel what you were feeling. It doesn't mean you, you didn't really care about a person, you know, cause I did. It just wasn't, it wasn't for me and it was never giving, it was never going to give what I got from my home ever. So that is our first example, and I'll be tying these back into our seven talent rules as well as I go along. So you'll see me shifting back and forth between the two. But let's get into Lover B. Lover B was one of my favorites. A bit different, but he taught me the true meaning of game. And like I said, all the movies my mom was showing me was not, did not hit on nothing. Like, I had to get out here and, and experience this shit. Like, you can watch shit, you can look at videos, you can watch TikToks all day of people and their experiences, but you will never know what the shit is for you until you're actually in it. And I love giving you guys those little, um, the visions by giving you guys examples of, like, comparing, um, comparing what it felt like. But this was like boarding the Titanic and knowing the shit was already going to sink. Like, you getting on the boat and you're like, oh, it's going to sink in about two hours. That's exactly what the fuck this shit felt like. And I'm saying that from his perspective because he never wanted the shit to float or sell in the first place. Like, we was on the boat and this nigga was like, all right, and three, two, one. And then, boom, I'm in the fucking water. And by the way, just for a side note, I can't fucking swim. Never learned. I'm not a big water person. Um, But anyway, back to our topic. Lover B had no intentions of ever being anything. But I was naive and allowed myself to get caught up in surface level shit, thinking it would go somewhere. Like, in my head, I was just, again, young and dumb. And there was no depth at all, just physical intimacy and some lies here and there. And the crazy thing is, even after, <laughs> even after my initial letdown of realizing we were never going anywhere, I still told him I was in love with him. Stupid thinking it would make him stay and baby he ran he ran he ran he ran he ran fled fled from the fucking crime scene like and that's because he told me what it was like even after I knew what was said I knew what took place I knew every fucking thing I still took upon myself to be vulnerable and be like well if if I tell you how I feel you'll stay like welcome to early 20s because I was I was young as fuck and you know just didn't listen and now look we're goofy sucked into a long ass overextended situationship because you didn't take the heat the first time 
now the nigga moon walks in and out your life whenever because you don't value yourself enough to drop him which goes back to my silent list of rules where i said um six and seven when a nigga tells you the first time make sure you're listening seven only let him play with you one time because obviously you know whatever people whatever reason people are giving you for not wanting to establish seriousness with you that's their business but at the end of the day what was said what was said whether there's somebody else whether there's nobody else whether there's fear of commitment whatever the fucking excuse is it's not you they're not landing on your fucking planet but um what's gonna make what makes you think that he's gonna have any type of respect for you if you let them coast and sail and moonwalk whenever the fuck they want to they have in their way they're not going to have any type of respect for you. <laughs> and like I said, I'm giving this, I'm giving you guys this picture from my experiences. So I'm not saying this is your scenario, but if you can relate, definitely listen. I'm a firm believer of accepting 95, that 95% of my experiments just don't be the one. But if I'm being completely honest with myself and with you guys of sharing this, my cutting off game was never strong. And I'm saying that because... That's just me being transparent and honest. If I fucked with you at one point, it took me some time to lead up to not fucking with you anymore and not speaking to you anymore. And I guess that's why I keep my roster, not roster as in currently being used because I don't have one of those. But I guess that's why I keep my my lovers A through D exclusively. Like just like if I'm dealing with somebody, most of the time it's the same people when I was because I just, I don't really... I don't know like I just feel like if my cutting off game is not strong you can't have like 20 people stringing along like talking to them it's it's too much and it's too hectic it's too chaotic so I've never been really good with like snipping when I need to and like I said that's transparency because people love acting like they were born hard body and they drop niggas like dead flies everyone's not made like that and to all that's listening I know it's probably 50 50 but People swear that it's just so easy to drop people and, you know, with our society and bitches walking around saying shit like switching nigga out and we got Lori Harvey's roaming the earth. Like, you know, it's just so, it looks so much better when you are hard body, hard body and you drop people that easy, but everyone's not like that. So that's me being transparent and saying I'm not one of those. Um, either way though, the saying enough is enough should be activated after the first big fuck up. And that's why I say don't ever let a person play with you more than once because after you're told or after you're shown or after it's revealed, that's all it should take. That's why we went back to number six and seven on my silent rules list. It's good to see people out and give them a chance, but it's not a motherfucking circus. Like, it's no circus. It's something to play about. It shouldn't take 10 different show acts to know a person isn't serious about you. You know, you should know that after the initial kaboom. The kaboom is the fuck up. The kaboom is you being shown, revealed, being told. And that's it. You know, once you give the green light for a person to give you the kaboom and you still want to fuck with them, that's a gahup. That's on you. Like, that's however you look, whatever happens from that. Like, you cannot hold that person accountable or have any expectations from that person because the kaboom already happened and you ignored it. So, situationships are cool or whatever if that's what you like, but they're temporary. You're not getting chosen if you're not the chosen one. So that is that is how I sum up Lover B. Like I said, that was now that I look back on it, like 
So let's not think that my little emotion as my little emotional ass world wasn't fucking rocked by any of this shit happening. But now that I'm older and I'm looking at it like it's funny. And like I said, I like to dissect my life and grow from it and learn from it and use this as points of self-improvement and see what I should have done differently and just like look at it as stepping stones to where I'm going. It's nothing like what I've been through. So I can look at it and I can give you guys this like comical version of it because it's just the past now. But moving on down our list, we're making great timing here, guys. Lover C. Lover C. Very, I wouldn't say very recent, but kind of recent because, you know, it ran through numbers one through seven. My boy checked off every single fucking silent roll bullet for show, like every single one of them. And it's funny how like, you know how that saying says God gives his, um, his hardest battles to his strongest warriors. <laughs> take me out the battlefield please <laughs> but no um I feel like sometimes it does get easier or it could get harder the closer you get to what you really want but I feel like for me it gets more relatable it gets more personable it gets more it gets more like it just get, it feels close like it doesn't feel like um it doesn't feel as forced as it used to and it just comes natural. Like, I get so excited because I'm like, okay, this feels like me. Like, I just get super, super excited. And I'm like, this person's reflection of me. We like this. We do this. Like, I, I, we're twinning. Like, we're matching. Like, I just get so excited. Like, when it feels more genuine. I didn't have that many genuine connections before I met Lover C. Um, I honestly thought that this was this was in-game. This was my in-game. Like, I was like, yes, like, this is it. I've never met a person who understands me. Like, you can ask Yana. I was fucking beaming with Yuletide Joy. I don't even think I should have used that. But I was so fucking happy. And I was just thought it was it. It's not. These are stepping stones. But um, I was able to learn so much about myself. And how I was emotionally irrational when I'm happy. And when I say emotionally irrational, I've never really had a... I've really never really had a good niche for talking to people in respectful ways when I'm hurt. It's like there's no in-between for me. I think I've said this before, maybe. It's like either I'm sweetest sweet potato pie or I'm fucking venom snake. And I would say that like not venom snake as an evil or like um, backstabbing. I would say that it's like just a mean, hard ass, nasty ass bite. Like it just, I explode. And um, by the time I explode, there's no recovering it. Everyone's feelings is hurt, and I just fucking blew the whole thing up. That's what I mean by emotionally irrational. I don't talk to myself and talk out my feelings and emotions before I let them out. Like when I feel like when I feel a threat, I'm just like an attack, and we're done. That's what I mean by emotionally irrational when I'm happy. But recently, within the last year or two, I started reading a lot about how to communicate effectively for myself first. And then present it to a person in a decent, respectful way. I learned how to have healthy conversations with myself, even if they're mere thoughts. I learned to, I learned to like process those things within me first before I present them to somebody else in fucking in a discombobulated way or just chaotic way that was like uprooting or like rude. Like I just kind of learn. It's not how you communicate, 
and you don't bomb rush anybody and just say the first thing that comes to your mind that can possibly hurt someone. So I had to learn that and um, it really helped me with this after it was done. But for a long time, my early days of knowing this person, I never felt good. I never, after the initial like honeymoon phase of like thinking this person was my match or my twin or my, you know, we had so much in common. We had, he only, he only understands me. Like, yeah, the conversations you have with your best friend are just probably fucking embarrassing. I know everyone has told us if anyone's like me and they tell their best friend every fucking emotion and everything they're feeling, it's fucking embarrassing. But, um, (laughs) in the early days, I never felt good because this is like, this kind of talk, it kind of gave me a dose of a small dose of lover a it was another like unhappy person that reflected their unhappiness on me and he would say hurtful things because he was unhappy and um he never truly made time for me just to choose just chose to deal with me because it was convenient for him so like if he was happy then he would reach out to me and we'd be happy together if he was mad he would not talk to me if I reached out to him when he was mad he would go off like it's just like everything's on his turn this nigga's mad because I don't know. He dropped his fucking uh, toaster strudel on the way out the house and I called him and he answered the phone and went off because um, he wasn't having a good day. And I never understood his struggle of uh, not being able to effectively carry his breakfast without dropping it. Like, that's just a stupid ass example. But I'm just saying, like, it was little shit like that. Like, okay, I'm having a good day. Let me text this person. And then, you don't understand me that I'll leave me alone. Like, it would just be like, oh, fucking K. Like, I didn't do anything to you. I'm just being my little nice spray of sunshine and you're being fucking mean. Like, it was definitely another dose of A. Because I was just like, why the fuck? Like, why would I just sit here and and just take this? But it was just the number one indication that I did not really matter because I was like, I was literally, it was something I could do to change that. Like, the the angriness or just not wanting me around or like, no matter how much I tried to extend myself, um, he would still use me when he felt like dealing with me and tossing to the side when he didn't. I was your local 7-Eleven. I was your Sitco. I was your stop and shop. And I was your BP. I was a fucking non-factor. Like, I was a convenience store. So, that's where actions over words came in. Because, you know, a person can tell you how they feel about you. They can tell you they care. They can tell you they want to build this bond or spend quality time or get to know you or learn your love language or be blah, 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 all this bullshit. And it's just words, just talking. Like it's not any action behind it. You know, you mean the most to them when they need it. And when you, when they don't, you're not a fact, you're not a factor. You're not important. And I could talk to, I was blue in the face about what I wanted, but I was, it was never going to happen because he was showing me what he wanted with me. Like that was it that this is what you're for you know this is where I say you know talking can only get you but so far you know actions over words because you're being shown you're being that that is the writing on the wall so if you're listening to any if you're listening to words and forgetting to look for action that's you feeding into your own delusion of something you're creating something that's nothing so yeah that's talking is just talking and not being shown shit. I wasn't about to talk my way into a three-story house with four kids and my dog named Paco. It was literally never-ending fucking talking, and it should have been clipped. <laughs> but this is something that I had to learn and that I'm still learning to, like, not 
to remember like, okay, we're talking, we're talking, but let's, let's not forget to look for actions. It's kind of like you have to remind yourself to do a double duo balance of both. It's okay to have faith in someone and believe in your future, but the writing is always on the wall. And like I was saying earlier, sometimes we feed into our own delusions by acting blind to what's reality and what the big picture of it was. And the big picture was that I wasn't the one. Period. If I was, there wouldn't be so many questions as to why nothing was solidified. Whenever you have to ask yourself so many questions to why exclusiveness exclusiveness is not a thing, it's because it's never going to be. I was able to make memories, but sometimes that's all you get from shit. And that's okay. I've learned to cherish memories and experiences so much now more now and like honestly I always listen to like my favorite rappers talk about it and when I say favorite rappers y'all know I'm talking about Tyler but I'm always able to listen to people like monologue and talk about cherishing life as experiences and not like cherishing the downfalls of it but now I'm truly able to say like sometimes all you get out of this shit is memories and people are only here for seasons and seasons change every year like so it's it's just life everyone is an end game but that was just like another pothole and that's okay you keep going after you went over a pothole what you do you keep going shit you might floor it might gas the car but now we are at our last and final lover d um was my ultimate top one Wait, would it be top one? Scale one through five? It would be top five. Sorry. I don't know why I said top one. Top five. This taught me what being in love with someone really felt like. Back when or then, whatever you want to say, I would have hopped in a spaceship and stopped on Mars to bring this nigga back moon rocks if I could have. Like, it felt amazing. Um, I never gave myself much room to be my true self around most guys because it takes time to form that bond because I'm not an open book. It doesn't mean I don't care. It just means that I take shit very serious and my emotions very serious. Because again, we're going to go back to our loving home. My loving home was just so... It just felt like... It felt amazing. Like, it felt like... It felt like love. <laughs> to not explain it. But um, opening up is not really one of the things that I do often so when I met lover d I was like this has got to be it because it just felt too right and it's funny because you look back at all the other ones and you're like okay a through c like when you were in that moment you thought those were the end game as well and then you meet the fucking top dog you're like damn you where were you been all this time but no um like I was saying bonds with me are something that just takes a long time to crack the code on it's like a like a combination of a lock and somebody finally gets it or gets close to it or gets close enough to make the lock open and you're just like voila I didn't know anyone could ever crack this code that's what the shit felt like so when I met this person I felt it felt like fucking drugs like it was unexpected and it was my first time having someone around that I had that much in common with so let's remember now we were talking about lover c and I thought we were twins but lover me and lover d was damn near yeah anyway um it was honestly dangerous because I cared so much I cared too much to the point where the scale was unbalanced and he didn't care about me as much as I did him I was so geeked and excited and y'all can't bruh never mind I was so geeked and excited I was blinded by compatibility 
that I didn't realize there was no talk of exclusiveness. It was never going to make it there. And of course, like there probably was along the way, like there was some talk of it. Like it was like little here and there, little pillow talk, you know, blowing hot air type shit. Um, when you do a lot for someone, you like set silent expectations. Like you could do so much and you could say in your head, like, I mean, just because I'm doing this doesn't mean that we da 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 but you still like have those silent, that silent hold where you feel like because you did this, the person's going to, I don't know, like put you on some type of pedestal or like separate you differently from their pool of, they don't give a fucks or their pool of like their roster. Like, you know, just make you, make you special, special. We're going to say special, but it's not the case. That's a no-no for someone you're just talking to. And we're going to go back to talking as our pre-dating act or whatever the fuck you call it. Acts of intimacy to me mean a lot with me. So whether I say it or not, I'm going to expect something. But me or anyone shouldn't if they're in that same scenario. With all that I was doing, I really thought that it would tip the scale to make it work, like to make it exclusive. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this and, you know, I'm, and I'm not just saying, you know, you don't, we don't do things in our mind for brownie points, but we do things out of the kindness, well, I do things, excuse me, out of the kindness of my heart and just thinking that it will be reciprocated and appreciated. But again, if you only have one leg to stand on and by the time we got to lever D, best believe I was standing on one motherfucking leg. So if you only have one leg to stand on, they'll take the one and have your ass fall into the ground. No cane, no wheelchair, concrete. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, he took my leg and I was only standing on one. So emotionally jabbed is what I'm saying. There was a lot of trauma here, like with the person, but I thought I was placed here to clean it up. Like that was my mess. Like I was granted this unexpected, great, like this unexpected thing that I was so obsessed with. And I thought that I was there to fix it, like repair it. So here I am on my handyman shit, like, thinking that trauma is my job to to fix and and heal and just nurture like I didn't know if I was a mom or someone that was just there to extend a warm hand or just be a savior like I honestly in in my life like I know you guys if you guys ever listen to the episode go the fuck up with Yana like she's asking me like who gave you that job who gave you that responsibility who told you you were put there to do that you did it because you wanted to like you extended your leg because you wanted to nobody told you you had to do that nobody asked you to do that but it's just the act of me learning like you're right I was not put here to do that he didn't ask me to do that I didn't have to do that but I did and now that I did it and I didn't get what I wanted out of it I'm so fucking hurt but it's like you kind of kind of lined yourself up for that so I definitely will say that um when something ends horrible I never want to apologize for I don't want to apologize for someone hurting me, like my backlash. I don't want to say, I'm sorry for blah, 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 but it was a reason why I led up to that. But I will say my expectations are definitely what got me the wound in the first place. It's a, expectations are a scary thing. They're a scary, scary thing. But um, yeah, I felt different here. You know, like I said, the more and more, the more you, more you, put yourself through these experience the closer you get to what it is you really really want in this lifetime so the closer I get the more I'm just like okay you know you kind of just you know how people say like keep your guard up keep your guard up 
you can keep your guard up and then it's just like you get tired and you're just like fuck it fuck it i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna fall and then you get so mad at yourself when you do and it's just like no 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 like i'm not gonna do it. i'm not gonna do it and you fucking do it like you just it happens but that's that's the way that's how the roller coaster is like it just this shit happens it has its drops it has its dips and it has its moments where it's just sitting still and you're fucking dangling in the midair upside down and a bird flies by your head like you have the moments of the ride but it's always you can always get off that shit always don't ever think that you're stuck on it unless you actually are stuck on it because i've been stuck on roller coasters a couple times like actual roller coasters like physically dangling in the air that shit was scary as fuck but i definitely um have learned so much from everything and I love looking at love experiences as just experience and learning lessons. Now, I do. Younger, no. Like, when these things actually took place, the paramedics need to come get me out of the floor. And the paramedics is Yana. <laughs> but um, it takes you a while to grow from experiences and look at them like this. But the beauty of it is being able to bullet point where the self-improvement took place journal go back and look at where you were versus where you are now um i will say that your vision is the most clear when you don't have someone clouding it so if you feel like you're with someone or you're dealing with someone who is clouding you from where you need to be or the big picture then you need to um get some windex spray mirror spray them and get them the fuck out of the way or just figure out how to create balance you know a lot of times we get ahead of ourselves because we forget that we have to balance our life and with the life of someone else like their trauma doesn't need to become our trauma we need to still focus on being the person that we need to be and locking in and learning self-improvement self-love blah 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 blah. i know we hate talking about self-love but it's real y'all like you really have to love yourself before you try to extend it to somebody else and you really have to understand what type of love it is you come from i've i've read so much about like me and tapping into me as a person because i really used to think that something was fucking wrong with me like how can a person be this much of a fucking empath it's it's not it could it can't be possible to like keep running and keep running and get like your knee skinned up constantly and like it feels this bad like something has to be fucking wrong with me that i i feel like this but it's not it's just how i am and that's okay i've learned to embrace that but it took me a while it took a lot of reading and it took a lot of self-dissecting and this podcast has really helped me tap into that as well um it really helped me tap into cherishing memories and no longer holding on to hurt no longer holding grudges that just don't need to take a place in my heart you know you got to keep love there I feel like one of the biggest reasons people are actually scared to do the act of loving is because the fear of rejection or being let down and how to overcome that 99% of us can relate to that and this isn't for pity, it's for clarity. You know, it's not for anyone to be like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened, I'm so sorry. No, it's for clarity. It feels like you're clearing the sky of smoke after all these years. I love looking deeper into myself for self-improvement. This shit sucks, but we all go through it. And rejection doesn't mean not being chosen all the time. It could literally be putting yourself out there to be vulnerable and let people in just to be disappointed in the end. That can be, that's my fear that's my definition of rejection and you can't be afraid of that 
You just got to know how to get through it. And that's why I developed my seven silent rules because they helped me along the way to get through the shit. Just keeping that in mind as I'm letting slightly letting the guard down. My words of advice would be take your time with the shit and let it form slowly. Appreciate the actual art of forming friendships and that can possibly develop into relationships. You know, you don't ever really know where you're going with the person when you meet them initially. And you just because you're you're so much unlike with a person doesn't mean you have to run, hop, skip and dip yourself in the hot grease and have sex with them. That's always fucking confusing. If you're a person who gets tied up into sexual intimacy, also meaning like relationship, if it gets cloudy there for you, like it used to get for me, just don't fucking do it. Just leave it out of there. Um, my other bullet point would be have self-respect. I know that can be annoying to be like, oh, I respect myself. I love myself. I'm worth I'm self-worth, self-love. That's just annoying as fuck. We all get tired of soft life, girl, era, whatever. Like, it's annoying, but it's real. You know, cherish yourself and treat yourself how you would want to be treated. So that way, when you allow a person to have access to you, that's all you get, what you gave in yourself. I wish I would have learned that earlier. Because then it's like, you know now, it's it's rooted. Like, now that I'm here and I'm telling myself all these things and I'm talking myself through this like of course it feels better to know now but like all of that transpired now for what like I could have stopped that shit earlier but then again I wouldn't be able to share my experiences with people and others if I didn't go through it so I'm grateful be careful who you put your expectations on like I said expectations can be very fucking dangerous you know don't expect something that's just not in the cards for you and the person like it's not lining up if you're not already being shown signs of it or little bits and pieces here and there don't even don't even put that notion in your head you know be careful with that my last one is for me and all of my empath babies it's not your job to carry someone else's burdens most of the time they won't thank you for it um that's self-explanatory like i said if you're emotionally jabbed up if you've been through a lot emotionally if people take from you they drain you and you're only standing on one leg and they take your last leg, you can't be mad because you extended it to them. It's not your job to come in and be fucking Captain save a superhero of the year. It's not you. You know, you can shed insight on a person and shed light on a person, but if it's not being reciprocated and they're just pulling from you constantly, that's probably not going to be a good place for you to lay in your feet because you're never going to get replenished. People are going to pour from your cup, but they're never going to refill it. You know, people always ask me like... um, I don't know if I ever said this in the episode. I think I said it in the first one, but like, who heals healers? Like, who's your fucking therapist? Who can you call on? Who can you vent to? Or you just be in someone's ventee? So, and that actually wasn't my last one. I have a couple more. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> be you if you know what your heart truly desires. Go after it. Don't fall into a potholes along the way because society teaches you to settle. Society always tells us that we have to land somewhere. We got to be somewhere. We got to we got to choose this. We got to do this. We're not going to get all this. And we may not, but that's for you to decide. You know, you don't have to settle for so fucking much. You shouldn't have 8,000 settles on your list and then two things that you got that you actually wanted. It should be 50-50. You know, like we all end up settling in some kind of way, but not to the point where it's uncomfortable. And, you know, people always tease me because of my love of girl tendencies but I keep that shit under wraps for the most part by allowing access every now and then. I don't put myself out there all the time because I know how I am. You know, 
I can I cannot be that person that has 10 boyfriends. It's really First of all, I've only had one. But if I'm going to talk to somebody, it really be like one person a year type shit because I feel like if I know myself and I know that I'm the type of person to give the love from my loving home, I don't want everybody to have access to that because they don't know what to fucking do with it. It's the act of connecting with someone deeply and just getting lost in the sauce with love like, you know, as a fellow water sign, we struggle to navigate our water sometimes. So with that being said, just make it easier on yourself by knowing you. Like, don't play yourself by trying to be Miss fucking Lori Harvey and you not that bitch. That's okay. We are not all built like that. So that's what I mean when I say know yourself and your love of girl tendencies. And keep going. Keep loving your heart. Don't let a couple of misfires and fuck ups define who you are when it comes to love shit happens along the way you can't let that define what you constantly put out there and if it is defining or if you are a little angry take some time because nobody nobody did that shit to you that's new that you're talking to they don't give a fuck about your trauma and they may give a fuck about your trauma but that's just not for you to put on them bad bitches aren't bitter and bitter bitches ain't bad but that is pretty much all i have for today's episode it's been a pleasure i really really loved doing this for you guys and i hope that you love listening um i have not really much rest of the day planned for me i'm probably going to watch um a documentary after i wrap this up and make some breakfast but i really want to thank everyone for listening um so far the numbers are really really going up on my social media platform for thirsty for therapy and on the podcast numbers between spotify and apple they're doing really good so i'm really um thankful for you guys you know i encourage you to keep leaving ratings and reviews and keep listening if you like tuning in because i love putting out content it's a release for me it feels really good so you guys are you know, getting something, I'm hearing words of like appreciation and I appreciate that, but I really appreciate you guys for allowing me to put out my pieces of my life and release and let them go. Like I've always been a big one, like just write a letter and burn it. But sometimes verbally being able to express myself and like after I verbally express it, it's a wrap, it's done. So I really appreciate you guys allowing me to share my closure with you guys. And um, I actually wanted to do, sorry, I'm on my computer. I actually wanted to do a brief shout out because um, I did receive an episode submission for advice and appreciation. And I won't disclose the name, but I um, got this a couple of days ago and it reads, I just wanted to ask for advice. I'm a 17 year old. Um, well, actually, let me back it up. It just says, I listened to your pod and I first wanted to commend you on the amazing job you do with it and inspire and how you inspire others. I also wanted to ask for advice. I'm a 17 year old and will be a senior in the fall and I would like to start my own business. I draw, I would like to sell them, but I don't really have any guidance. When I was younger, I would sell things to my family and friends at church, but I never actually got into make, making it a business. I heard you say that you've done pop-ups. I believe that's what you call them to sell your creations. I was just wondering how that worked and how you were able to find a place to sell. Once again, thank you for your podcast and how transparent and real you are with your audience. It really helps me grow and focus. 
And first and foremost, I just wanted to say that was a real tearjerker because you put something out and you know it has the ability of shaping people and how they live their life on their road to self-improvement, but actually being able to see it before your eyes means so much to me. So I really appreciate that. Um, It's a beautiful thing when you're already so young and looking into ways to mentally stimulate yourself. First, you could be doing anything else in the world. You could be waking up in the morning and smoking your lungs away, but instead you're you're tapping into and just trying to figure out a way to be a better person, which I absolutely adore. And um, I responded to this email and in depth, you know, like when I first started selling jewelry, I would do these local pop-up shops in the park and I would find them through these communities um, in Charlotte locally. And um, I would also hashtag vendors needed marketplaces, things like that on Instagram to try to get attraction from that. And eventually they would start to come to me as I got older in the game of like putting out my small business stuff. But it's all about like searching and just looking and going and finding what you want, like literally going out there and taking it. I know that sounds dramatic, but once you start putting yourself out there on social media and just staying consistent, consistency is key. Honestly, I can say that I would have been a lot further, a lot faster if I was more consistent with my small business, but I got there eventually. But definitely staying consistent and just continuing to search for things. Um, I was listening to this documentary this morning, and I'll share this as my closing piece. And um, it was Tyler. Sorry. It's very common. But he was saying that he wishes that Instagram didn't have that feature where you could tap on something and it shows you exactly what it is. Like, let's say it's a shirt and you tap on it and it shows you where you can find the shirt immediately. You can go buy it. He was like, I wish that it was like back in the day when they didn't have that and you had to go search and look for things and really like want it and really desire it and like put in work to find it. Like if you really wanted the shit, you would go look for it. And that's how I feel about my business. I feel like there was no, there was no map for me. Like I had friends around me who also had their own business. Like my best friend, she's been in the entrepreneur game for a long time. So like I did have insights on how to start, but we had two different brands so I still had to figure it out for myself. But a lot of that I researched and I looked and I found and I um, I responded to the email in depth. So like, of course, you know, I gave her some insight on how to look into these things and find it. And I hope that helped helped a lot. But I admire what Tyler said because I was just like, we people make it so easy now. And I feel like reaching out and asking is also a way of learning. You know, you you really desire to make your business grow. You really desire to have your name out there and shining lights and have your art up on somebody's table or sell it to someone. So I love that, like, that you want that for yourself to go out there and get it. And there's so much of it to get. Like, there's so much out here for all of us to tap into and to get. And it's only the beginning. So I wish my... um right in nothing but good luck on the journey of finding what it is you know they really want for themselves and to anyone else who is wanting to write in and show their share their appreciation or share advice like I'm more than happy to do that um I love doing that and I love seeing people want more for themselves because I always want more for myself I'm always pushing myself and striving to be a better person and um 
just like I watch documentaries and watch videos on people who make impact on people's lives by the slightest things. I've always won I've always called that for myself. So like I said, Road to a Jerk meant a lot to me. But I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode because I know it's I know it's long. I haven't even checked the time. And to get into my day, I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you leave ratings and reviews. And until next time.